Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. You are listening to the Chad and Cheese Podcast. This is your co-host, Joel Bobert Cheeseman. Chad, Earth, Wind, and Fire, so wash. And on this week's show, big hiring sprees, big funding rounds, and Detroit's big three. Let's do this. Man, we, we got a, a primer to the day. We actually had a chance to uh, speak to VMware's like entire talent acquisition department, which I thought was pretty fucking cool. I love the corporate gigs. Oh, yeah. I love them. I, they're, they're, they're so like refreshing. The questions are great. It's like the, the foot soldiers engaging yeah. with them. What are, what's on their mind? Like, I, I, could, I could do a corporate gig, Chad and Cheese, every week. <laughs> That's, I love them so much. Love it so does much. kind of like, you know, get you all pumped up and all, all excited because these are the people. These are the recruiters. These are the the, the managers. These are obviously the, the VPs who drive yep. the entire business. You, you cannot drive a business without talent. Without these people, you mm-hmm. don't have talent. So thanks to Kent, yeah. Samantha, and the team over at VMware for having us uh, answer questions and do our Chad and Cheese thing. We had a blast. Yeah, love it. I mean, and there's never been more like questions, uncertainty, oh, yeah. like what the hell's going yeah. on in in the in the 25 years or so that that I've yes. been doing this. So that's great. Did did you see the Lauren Bobert uh, Beetlejuice uh, play footage? You mean hand job? Yeah, I mean what the, the handy and the uh, the oh, groping? Yeah, that was that was Damn. amazing. The vaping. So proud of our our elected officials. Just so proud. So good. Yes. So- so good. It just for the kids out there, it's it's the people that protest the much as the, protest the most that are the ones doing what they're protesting. Yeah. So it's like you know the person that is like the big Bible belt, per, like the Bible thumper. They're the one in like chains and a a, a, a gag getting whipped by a by a you know S and M shit. And it's it's the it, relationship like you know I don't trust you. Like they're usually the one that should be not you know, should be uh you know trusted less than you. Anyway. Note for the kids, but I had a good time. And uh, if if she ever wants to come on the show or come to a Chad and Cheese party, like <laughs> she's she's more than welcome. Like she she can throw it down. She can throw Ooh. it down. That was a first date, Chad. Not surprising, dude. I'm just not <laughs> surprising. We we. I mean, yes. I I'm gonna leave it at that. Oh my god. Oh my god. Well, you are you are you recovered from uh from breakfast? Somewhat. Somewhat. Had a blast. That was amazing. And I have to definitely say the booze cruise with Hack a Job and then karaoke mm-hmm. after where we both got on stage, not together, but we both got on stage. Uh, it was a blast. And then we showed up the next day. And usually day two of a conference is it's like crickets, right? Because it's it's really yep. hard to, to have somebody have a bunch of people go out drinking and then show up the next day. They had like 80% plus return rate which i thought was ridiculous that's pretty yes. good good for them that's pretty good that's pretty good and there wasn't even like a, a hangover station where people get yeah. get ivs you and know what that could be that so. could be a sponsored station next year <laughs> dude oh if you've <laughs> ever had right. an iv oh it just it it, it fixes things in a heartbeat 
That would be a good sponsorship. And that would be noteworthy. That'd be social yeah. media gold. Hanging at the hangover. Mm-hmm. Hangover. Yeah. I've okay. I've I've All plenty right. of well, stories behind the the IV uh and, and, but we'll save that for later. Out. We'll save that. We got a lot of oh, stuff. To go. we, we got do. a lot let's, going on let's this push week. Through let's get it, the yes. shout outs. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go first. Uh, Elon Musk. Oh, Mike, really? Elon discussed plans for Twitter or now X <laughs> uh, during a live stream with Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu. Boy, that's a party proposing a monthly fee to combat bots and sharing user metrics. The man who has disparaged transgender people, federal regulators, politicians, journalists, whistleblowers, Critics of his companies and short sellers told Net- Netanyahu, quote, we can't do that if there's a lot of infighting and, you know, hatred and negativity talking about oh, yeah, yeah. on social media. So, Chad, are you ready to pay up for Elon's new? Yeah, I mean, nothing like killing the base even more than what it already is. I mean, he's his biggest problem is brand. And the problem with X right now is him. He lets he needs to let yep. Linda Yaccarino actually do her fucking job and he needs to go ahead and eject out and start focusing on rockets that aren't like exploding in midair, right? So yep. again, he, he this is not an engineering problem. This is a people problem, and he is not a people person. So he needs to eject because he's just killing this platform. It's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. I find it. I find it fascinating how it's been politicized. I mean, people are just losing their minds on social media. Twitter's really always been for me a marketing outlet. Mm. It's been a way for me to connect, tell people what I'm doing. Um, and, and full disclosure, I do pay for Twitter. I don't have a problem with it. They verified my identity. Look, I think I, Elon's going to – I'm along for the ride. I think Elon's going to add stuff. It'll be interesting. There's metrics around it. But it's always – it's never been like a platform – for me to be political or give my opinions. It's been a way to connect with people who follow me and give my opinions and stuff we're doing here on the show. But the way that it's been politicized and people get so fired up about this issue uh, is is pretty amusing to me. He's going to politicize anything because he wants drama because that brings people. I mean, it's it's the it's the the, the Fox News entertainment or, you know, any of the quote unquote news channel entertainment way of drawing yeah. people in. And I got enough of that shit. I don't need it anymore. And you know what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to fucking pay for it. That's what sure. But what I will do, hit it, is I will give a lot of love to my wife, Julie Sowash, who today is our seventh anniversary. Yes, the 21st of September. And that's the... The day we met, or I shouldn't say the day we met, but that's the day when everything really started happening, and we got uh, we got married on that all day right, as well. So right, happy right. anniversary! Ah, uh, my best to you guys. It's uh, warms my heart. <laughs> the cockles of your heart. Yeah, she's, she's warms the cockles of my heart almost as much, Chad, as spicy nuggets. All right, my shout out goes to yes. McDonald's. The goat of the McNugget kingdom is back at Mickey D's, <laughs> baby. You're probably unfamiliar with McDonald's spicy McNuggets because you never go to McDonald's, but they were available about a year ago and then they left. Well, they're back. They're back. Spicy nugs and buffalo sauce and maybe a pinch of ranch. And I'm in heaven, Chad. And the rumor has it, and I don't know how I feel about this, uh, Canada is getting a leg up. Take off, we're doing our movie. Don't wreck our show, you hoser. Apparently, Canada is getting the spicy nugs and a ghost pepper dipping sauce. Oh, Canada! 
Oh, baby. Shout out to the spicy wow, McNuggets that's, that's, at that's weird. Well, one thing, you might have to pay for Twitter, but you don't have to pay for free stuff at Chad and Cheese. That's right. You go to chadcheese.com slash free or just go to chadcheese.com. Click on free uh, in the upper right-hand corner. You're going to get free T-shirt from JobGet. The possibility of winning free craft beer delivered to your front door from Aspen Tech Labs. We don't deli- we, we don't, don't deliver yeah, that uh, UPS and you know those they have air conditioning now so they can do that. Uber uh, eats whiskey, two bottles of whiskey, not one, two bottles of whiskey from uh Text Colonel and then there's a little rum with plum if it's your birthday kids. Not to mention, did you see that Plum won a Stevie award this week? And what's a Stevie award, Chad? It's apparently this big award with it's it's almost like the Oscars of uh, town acquisition and technology rum with plum baby you get to win some rum but you need some plum so go to plum.io take your assessment look a little look look, look internally a little bit more about yourself <laughs> i don't know if i want to do check that, it out chad i don't know if yeah, i want to do that. unless you're joel <laughs> <laughs> can you feel the tension mm. in the air yes. right now i know i can i can feel it all the way down <laughs> all right well you know that sound means Birthdays, Chad. We uh, have a lot of fans because we skipped last week because uh, we were in Nashville. But celebrating another trip around the sun uh, this week is Jim Lowe, Randall Emery, Eli Carstens, Lucas Roscoe, Ava Zills, Betsy Chuck Norris, Robert St. Jacques, Karen Heatwell, Mitchell Palermo, Katie Gentry, John T- Meehan, Kevin Lowe. Uh, whether or not he's related to Jim or Rob, I don't know. Uh, Sean Luchens, <laughs> Valerie Doyle, Joe Sirio, Wendy Dodd, Zach Martin, Kevin Planton, Kelly Robinson, Katrina Kibben, John Sumser, wow. Shannon Siri, Casey Dockendorf, the best employment lawyer in uh, in Canada, by the way, celebrating a birthday. And my girl, Boston girl, Allison Holbrook, all celebrate a birthday nice. this week. That's a lot of love going around. A lot of lot of candles on Ooh. that cake. A lot of candles well, on that I, cake. Here's some love right here because we got wrecked at Wreckfest. That's right, uh, Shaker. I love this shirt. Callie and the 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 marketing team actually came up with it. They had, they had to twist Joe Joe Shaker's arm to get get what? such a what get such a feisty message. Get wrecked. <laughs> Like it, uh, you know, the brand of that's a little bit too. He probably hates watching the Bears get wrecked every Sunday, and it yeah, comes at home to him, probably. That hurts. That hurts. But our events, our travel, sponsored by our friends at the Shaker Recruitment Marketing. That's right. Shaker.com. Uh, HR Tech's coming up. We're going to be in booth 1125, drinking, eating, wreaking havoc, and doing some interviews in the Fuel 50 booth both days during uh, in the Expo Hall. Uh, thanks to the crew at Fuel 50 for, again, letting us crash at their place. I can't promise that Joe won't make a mess, although uh, we're going to be there no matter what. Uh, you've already agreed to it. Too yeah. late. Yeah, no promises. <laughs> no promises. Let's get into fantasy football, shall yes. we? Yes. All right, week two is in the books. We're headed into week week three. Here's our leaderboard from Chad and Cheese Fantasy Football, sponsored by our friends at Factory Fix. Number one is Marcy Playground Mall. Number two, average Joe Dixon. By the way, 
Marcy got a D on her her draft grade, so she's doing yeah. pretty well. Number three is Dean Ragin Cajun Ostner. Number four, Dina Pero for Pyros. Number five, Brent. I'm a lose C baby. Number six, Chad Soso Sowash. Yes. Number seven, Jill the Pounder Patterson. Number eight, Kristen the Warrior from Woundsocket Urban. Yeah, she's from Woundsocket, Connecticut. I think wherever that maybe Delaware. Anyway. Uh, Joel Stinky Cheeseman, because I'm number nine. I'm not smelling real good. Uh, Dennis, Dennis, all belt, no gas Tupper, who was last year's champion. And number number 11, Jasper. Hey, I didn't sign up for this football, Spanjar, who had an A plus on his draft uh, draft grade, by the way. That is, well, he was number one A plus, and you had an A plus. An plus too. You're yeah. both at the bottom. Yes, yes. It, an A grade, like, you're not winning an a plus grade. You're not winning. Uh, it's weird. Winning. It's weird. Topics. All right. We got, uh, we got a little bit of a uh, playoff. Layoff. That's right. We got a big layoff. Uh, Oyster. Oysters raised $224 million uh, per, yeah. a, per a CEO blog post this week. Quote, the macroeconomic environment has dramatically shifted creating headwinds for many businesses, including Oyster. These headwinds have dampened our growth expectations and radically changed the fundraising environment, end quote. They also had a layoff around uh, about nine months ago, Chad. No word yet on the numbers of people that were affected by this. I'm curious of how their HR tech uh, booth will look. Uh, I'm guessing it might not be as impressive as maybe eight folds was oh, yeah. last they, year. they paid for that a long time ago. Yeah. And no, yeah. HR tech gets their money up front. Kidding yes. me. <laughs> LinkedIn says they have uh, 659 employees, which is kind of small for that, for that, for the deals and the remotes and those guys. So um, yeah, Oyster, a big name, uh, raised a lot of money. Another round of layoffs this year. Shout out, not shout out, but layoff update from Oyster. Mm. But there is hiring Chad, which brings us to, Give me Our the happy story. stuff. We're done with All right. Amazon, your boys, are hiring 250,000 employees for the holidays and making its largest ever annual investment in U.S. hourly wages. The company will make a $1.3 billion investment this year uh, to bring Amazon's average hourly pay to over $20.50 per hour across customer fulfillment and transportation in the U.S., uh, workers will also receive improved on-the-job safety training. But wait, there's more, Chad. Salesforce plans to hire over 3,300 employees reversing previous layoffs, driven by a focus on, you guessed it, AI and machine learning integration into its services. Mm-hmm. Oh, and this just in, Chano Fernandez, the former co-CEO of Workday, has found a new job as the co-CEO of Eightfold AI that's beginning in January. Chad, what's your take on all this hiring news? Yeah, so Amazon is getting to be that time of year. Go go figure. They're going to be getting the, the hiring engines going. Oyster, you know, macroeconomics, yes. we. Here's the thing. We all saw the sugar rush was happening. We all knew it was happening, right? And we knew there would be a big fall off. So, you know, there's going to be some some loss in staff. There's no question. But when you start, depending on the the, the kind of uh, percentages that you're talking about, we haven't seen, I don't believe, many leave from Oyster. Uh, the, 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 the Salesforce side of the house, though, 
I mean, that that's another big one. And they're looking for boomerangs. So you have to have a really good brand with your employees to after they quit to get them back. Mm-hmm. Right. The whole grass is greener scenario. The thing that, that bothers me the most about all of this is the new co-CEO at Eightfold. I mean, this guy is going to make a ton of money for literally just reshuffling deck chairs on the Eightfold Titanic. Uh, This guy isn't going to solve the current nebulous what the actual fuck does Eightfold do problem. Mm -hmm. I reached out to a bunch of industry experts, got some responses back. Here's the one I want to share. Quote, Eightfold's talent intelligence is a nice concept and story, but it's also our generation's HR tech snake oil. Mm -hmm. It's a mirage that's ripping off the industry by doing nothing that adds any real measurable value, end quote. That is pretty much what Eightfold has been since day one is a lot of talk and no walk. So this to me, co-CEOs, you're going to spend more money on another CEO. Mm -hmm. What the fuck for? Overall, I love, I love this news. Amazon hiring a ton of people, Salesforce getting back people they laid off and realizing like, oh, maybe we overdid it. Maybe, you know, like (laughs) recession talk has, has cooled. Look, if you look at Google trends in terms of talk around recession, it spiked about a year ago. Mm-hmm. It's gone down precipitously. Now, some people are still calling for it. And I think there is a level of recession some places and recession not in other places. We look at technology. I think, you know, talking to some vendors that seemed to sort of bottom out in August and now it's going to like ramp up in the fall and into next year. Yeah. Obviously, the consumers are still buying things online. They're still looking for deals and, and keeping Amazon employees, uh, you know, fat and happy. Uh, healthcare continues to be huge money pouring into there. We'll get to the money in a little bit, but in terms of, in terms of some of this news, it's, it's fantastic. Now there was some bad news with Google, uh, talking about laying off hundreds of recruiters globally. Uh, I'm not sure how to exactly read into that, whether they're looking to automate all those positions, but look, some people it's the, the worst of times. If you're in, you know, uh, brick and mortar stuff, you're in, uh, some of the restaurants, cars, we'll talk about UAA or UAW in the car industry, but some industries are hurting, but others are doing really, really well. And it depends on what side, you know, the old, the old adage is a recession is when your neighbor's out of a job and a depression is when you're out of a job. So it kind of depends on (laughs) your perspective as to where you're on the fence. But overall, like I love seeing the news of big hiring companies, you know, doing things like this. I think it bodes really well heading into the, the the winter and into next year. I think we're going to talk a lot more about big hires, particularly for technology companies who were the first to, to let everybody go and cut heads. I think I'd love to see a lot more tech companies like Salesforce talk about AI machine learning, you know, new products and features. And we're also talking a lot more about startups getting money. These are all really good things. And I think we've waited about six yeah. months for these kinds of stories to start percolating and they finally mm-hmm. are. And, and I, I certainly applaud it. So news just came out and I find this interesting because Amazon's getting ready to rev up their, their hiring engines mm-hmm. and news just came out that Walmart is going to start dropping their starting wages. So they boosted their starting wages. Now they're going to bring them back down. This is going to be egg in their face because when they cannot find people, to do the work that needs to get done for them to make money because they're going to Amazon or they're going to all these other organizations because they didn't 
drop their starting wages. Watch this one. Watch this one. Come on, Walmart. <laughs> Dumb. See, that to me is, I think Amazon has done such a good job of delivering goods in a hours to days that people have People are being trained to like, I just bought on Amazon. It's there that day or the next day. I mean, why, my wife is an addict. Like she knows, oh, it's here. Like there's an alert on her app. Oh, it's here. Yeah. The, the idea of going to a store, a brick and mortar, like picking out stuff. And Walmart has tried with, they bought Jet uh, a few years ago, yeah. which is sort of a Costco online thing. That thing has gone nowhere, apparently. Nope. I mean, Target's dropped the ball. So Amazon, to their credit, has has really changed, I guess, the behavior of consumers and they are obviously profiting from that while target and Walmart are in pain from it. Watch this though. When they start killing some of these bigger competitors, that same day delivery, (laughs) that shit's going to go away kids. So again, like the sugar rush we talked about, this is how business works. They strangle the fuck out of their competitors. And then when they're competitor, either they buy their competitors or they get off the market, then you're not going to see the same kind of service that you've seen in the past. Get, get ready. Yeah. I mean, the last mile is still an issue. Who's going to do that? I mean, they've oh, done yeah. a good job with distribution centers all around the country. Yellow was was the last mile, like, <laughs> trucking company, and they're fucking gone, right? So, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're paid, guys, to be watching all of this landscape shit stack mm-hmm. up to be able to report it back to your, at least our opinions, right? Yeah. And a little snark along with that. But, yeah, some, some shit's happening. Don't get used to that. Yeah. A side note as <laughs> Well, uh, a lot of talk on you know Wall Street and the sites that cover public companies that that Workday is in trouble. Uh, Fernandez leaving for Eightfold. Uh, there's a lot of buzz about what the fuck is up with Workday. So we may be having some interesting stories about them in the weeks to come. Who knows? Here we go. But I'm, I'm excited, Chad. But I'm really excited because Pink, fluffy unicorns dancing on rainbows. Here it is. That's right. That's right. Let's talk unicorns and mass investment in our space. The purse strings are starting to loosen up, Chad. Hi, Bob announced $150 million in new funding, bringing its total capital raise to $574 million with a valuation of $2.66 billion. Druid, a Romanian-based conversational AI solution, has raised $30 million in a Series B funding round, bringing its total to $50.6 million. Betterloop, who claims to have the largest database and the most accurate data in the recruitment market, officially announced it's launched, backed by $13 million in seed funding, not Series A. And Catalyte, a Baltimore-based provider of what it's calling an AI-powered end-to-end reskilling platform, raised 1.5 million in funding this week bringing its total to 65 million dollars. Chad, what is going on? Your take. So, hi Bob. Okay, so whatever happened to expanding through organic revenues or or maybe acquisition? I mean, why take so much goddamn money? At this point, they're going to have to go to IPO because there's no way in hell anybody is going to buy these guys. I mean, they're, they're just, they're not, unless they can get a work day or somebody like that or one oh, of the yeah. acronyms, right? You know, what are the, your, your SAP or ADP or UKG to, to be able to buy them? I'm just not sure why this is necessary. I know why back in the day, like when LinkedIn started, when LinkedIn started, there was nothing on the web like LinkedIn. 
period, right? So they had to build it. They literally had no no idea what productization and monetization was going to look like. So they needed the fuel, right? They needed it. Hi, Bob. There's a a whole segment of technologies that have been there and done that in that segment. So it's not like they have to create and reproductize and monetize. There's already a standard Mm -hmm. of how to do this. So I don't understand why they need to keep taking money. It's out of out of my mind. They've got to be going IPO. IPO is interesting, and we didn't have this in our notes, but we saw Arm go public. Recently, uh, we saw what happened in uh, NVIDIA, uh, which isn't public, but uh, we saw Instacart go public. And we're actually seeing Birkenstock. That's right. The sandal maker out of Germany go yeah. public. So the public markets are opening up. I can't wait for Greenhouse or ISEBS or whoever to go public Not to see us, how this dude. thing shakes out. Uh, no we, had some news, we had some news in the shred today. And if you're not subscribed, uh, you won't get the shred. But we talked about Personio, another big uh, European company who's talking already about an IPO in 2024. So the IPO stuff's going to start loosening up. Hi, Bob has no other option but to go public in my mind. You know, mm. We've talked about pup- companies usually don't fail because they took too little money. They fail because they took too much money. Uh, and yeah. that, that does not bode well for, for Bob. Uh, but yeah, if, if the public markets open up, if whoever goes first in our industry does well, you're going to see a flood of all these companies that are unicorns or were unicorns a year or two ago, start going public. And that's going to be a ton of fun to talk about. Hi, Bob will probably be one of them. Um, A few of the others, I mean, there's a, there's a fairly common thread with AI upscaling, a lot of the same themes that we've talked about for a long time. The one that really gets me is better leap. These guys are sourcing, basically sourcing circa 2017. They've apparently scraped everyone from LinkedIn to Indeed, to everybody for a billion profiles. Who knows how fresh they are or how fresh they'll continue to be going forward. But they got 13 million seed money. I mean, that's Series A A money, and they got it uh, out the gate. So let's watch them. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun because where they're in, the space they're in is not very, uh, very positive. I, I said earlier that they're going to need 13 million just to fight, uh, pay all the lawyers that they're going to have to fight off indeed and linkedin everybody else for scraping uh scraping all their data also add that that what came through uh bullhorn ventures uh invested in staffing engine and spark hire acquired a company called chally that's also in the shred this week but money coming people getting hired that's all good for the world and it's all good for this podcast so better leap their founders don't have they have no experience in this space they're both product (laughs) people yeah <laughs> to say that you have the world's largest database is one of the <laughs> stupidest fucking things to do. You went to a data warehouse and you bought data from a data warehouse, uh-huh. right? And anybody who's done anything in this industry for five minutes understands that most of that data house information is bullshit. It is fucking horrible, right? So, I mean, to, to be able to boast those things just it, to me automatically demonstrates that they are not mature enough to even understand our industry or the history of our industry. Mm -hmm. The one that stuck out for me though was, was Druid because 60% of Druid's business is in the U S and I think they're out of Bulgaria. I I, I believe Romania. Sorry. Is Bulgaria in Romania? No. Okay. It's a, they're Romanian company. 
They're Romanian company. Okay. You know, your Eastern Bloc knowledge is much better than mine. So 60% of Druid's business is in the US. It's so really quick, just some quick advice to Druid right out of the gate. That's a signal to stop growing internationally and focus heavily mm-hmm. on where you get the most traction, which is the US. And then those US companies will drive internet, uh, international expansion when you go after more of the wallet share to be able to expand into those different locations under those same brands. Okay. So you're not a huge organization. Totally get that. How do you make the most out of the resources that you currently have? Focus on where you have the most traction and where the most opportunity is right now. That's the United States for you. So that would be my advice to you. 60% that's a hundred percent of the time is perfect. 60% of the time (laughs) it works every time. Just like Chad's advice. All right, guys, we'll take a quick break. Please listen to the ads. Without the ads, there's no show. Listen to our sponsors. Listen to our sponsors. We'll be right back. All right, Chad, we're barely into week two, if we're even into week two yet, of the UWA or UAW battle against the big three. We're going to start this summary with a soundbite, read an update, and then we'll comment accordingly. This is, I think, GM CEO talking about Yes, Salaries. Mary, Mary Barra. Yep, here we go. But if you're getting a 34% pay increase over four years and you're offering 20% to employees right now, do you think that's fair? Well, I think when you look at the overall, the overall structure and, and the fact that 92% is based on performance and you look at uh, what we've been doing of sharing in the profitability when the company does well, I think uh, we've got a very compelling offer on the table and that's the focus I have. I want to call them family when it's easy. They haven't been there. They haven't taken care of their workers. We went backwards in the last 16 years, backwards, while the CEOs gave themselves 40% pay increases in the last four years alone. Profits have been through the roof. $250 billion in profit in the last decade. $21 billion in the first six months. Price of cars went up 30%. Our pay went up 6%. Inflation went up 19 We're going backwards, and they want to call us greedy. Yeah, that was Sean Fain. Yeah, of the of the the UAW. Union, so union leader, the big three killed my baby. That's right. Uh, the UAW strike drama is ramping up. Like you heard, not even a week old. General Motors and Stellantis have laid off additional workers due to consequences stemming from the UAW strike. GM halted production in Kansas, and Stellantis laid off more than two thousand employees at parts factories in Ohio and Indiana. The strike involves nearly thirteen thousand workers across multiple plants. Ford boss Jim Farley said the union's demands would would bankrupt the company. <laughs> to that, the union responded by indicating that the CEO makes over twenty one million dollars per year. Did I mention that we're barely into week two in this drama, yes. Chad? What are your thoughts? Yeah, this is royalty versus us, the peasants, right? So when the CEO of GM Mary Barra says her comp is based on overall structure. That means she gets paid differently. But here's the breakdown of how she gets paid. She gets $2.1 million in, in salary, $14.6 million in stock awards, $4.9 million in option awards, nearly $6.3 million in incentives, $1.1 million in other payments. Who knows what the fuck they are, right? That was her 2022. So Maria Barra, made almost $29 million in 2022. That's over 650 times that of the average line worker for GM. Is one person worth 
650 people that actually do the job. So let's dig into this a little bit more. The average line worker makes $41,523, not even $42,000. If you actually gave that line worker 34% raise, which is what Mary's taken over the last four years, uh, they would earn an additional $14,118, which makes their salary $55,000 plus, not even $60,000. So in Detroit, this is from the MIT Living Wage Calculator, two adults with one child need nearly $67,000 a year for a living wage. One adult with one child needs over $80,000 in a living wage. This is this shit drives me crazy because Mary Barra is the highest paid of these three, um, but she's not the only asshole in the room. We talked about uh, Ford CEO Jim Farley. Total comp in 2022 was 21 million. Stellantis CEO Carlos Tavares. Total comp in 2022 uh, nearly 25 million. We need to start talking about these CEOs about ivory tower economics and and then start looking at what it actually takes for a person, a worker, the ones who actually produce the cars on the line, what it takes for them to live every single day. And, and we don't do that. We need to break it down and do that more. Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. So this to me, this whole situation will be written in the history books as a, t- a fascinating study of so many layers of society. We have an EV revolution that says cars need to be electric. We have certain states saying, hey, by this year, no more gas vehicles can be bought in our state. We see countries over in Europe saying no more gas automobiles. Now, it's funny because the UK came out yesterday and said we're going to extend the date on how how much longer we can have gas cars. I suspect America's states will probably start doing the same. But in this revolution, let's be honest. The big three have have not really hit it out of the ballpark with creating EVs. Uh, Most of them are ugly. Uh, Most of them aren't selling. I see very few. Everything I see on the road is Tesla, Rivian, uh, and I'll probably see more and more Fiskers as we we evolve. Polestar. (laughs) So you have a government saying, we're going to encourage EV vehicle purchases. We're going to give you $7,500 tax credit if you buy American-made electric vehicles. Well, that puts Tesla right in the sweet spot of getting business by people who are looking to buy a new car. If everyone looks at Tesla as, as frankly, a better looking car, better brand for electric, that's where they're going to gravitate toward, not the big three. An electric vehicle, as I understand it, takes less than 20 parts to make an electric vehicle. A typical vehicle today takes over well over 100, right? So the amount of workers it takes to make an EV is a lot less than what it takes to make a gas vehicle, as I understand it. And you can automate that a lot easier than you can uh, making a, a you know F-150. Now you have politically, it's tough for Biden to be on the side of auto workers when he's the one giving the tax advantages to people buying EVs. On the Republican side, you want to be progressive, but you don't want to seem anti-business. Through all of this, all of this drama, the CEOs and the people that are making the big bucks, I think they realize the future of their business. And to me, it feels a lot like a get the money while the getting is good. They understand like the future is not in favor of the workers. In fact, 
I would argue that they are more than happy about this strike because the strike gives them some cloud cover to start firing a bunch of people. They've already laid off 2,000 people, and we're not even a week into this. If the unions keep ratcheting up the number of plants that they're striking, watch the number of heads that roll increase more and more. And I think ultimately, the leadership knows that that's where the future is. If they can line their pockets, and by the way, decreasing headcount is going to increase shock or share prices for these companies who frankly don't don't have a, a incredible valuation to begin with. Anyway, I'm I'm rambling, but there's so many parts to this that when the history books are written and and put the pieces together, it's going to be incredibly fascinating. The sad part is, yes, the workers for a decade since 2008 when when car companies got bailed out, got funding, you know, federal funding, but the workers have gotten royally screwed and I don't see that changing. I think this plays into the hands of of the big wigs, of the people in control, and the politicians ultimately. Now, the the one thing that's interesting is the the union could be the swing vote in twenty twenty four for the presidential election. Yes. So Sean Fain, the the uh, head of the UAW, already told Trump he can keep his millionaire ass at home, so, which I think is amazing because he said you were the problem. People like you were the problem. We don't need you here. I think this is a great opportunity for all of the politicians to get behind the people because that's who they represent. They don't I, I know that the GMs and the the Mary Barras and and the Jim Farleys and so on and so forth, they give a lot of money to campaigns. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's the votes that are going to matter. This is where they're going to have to balance and be smart about it. And right now, most of them, you hear a little peep every now and again, but they're going to have to take a stand. Uh, are you with the people who are doing the work and they're getting fucked and they have been for decades? Or are you with the ivory tower crowd who, like we heard last year, there has to be pain for the rest of everybody else except for us on our yacht? Uh, for the economy to go the way that we want it to go. So, yeah, I, I think there is going to be there, there are going to be some politics that, that are definitely played here. But I love I love the UA the UAW head. He's not taking any bullshit. He's calling it out exactly where it's at and saying, if you can take these types of increases in your salary and in your comp, then we deserve it, too, because we're the ones we're the reason why you you had that that up and and those profit margins yeah to me to me the chess he's playing and and he totally dissed trump and he also put biden to task and they have not endorsed anyone for president whichever whichever party if they can do it if they can resolve this and get the workers the raise that they asked for that's the next president of the united states because the swing vote is the unions and if whether it's biden or Trump, Democrat, Republican, if they can broker this deal and get them paid what they want, they're going to they're gonna be in the White House again. That's why that's the real chess he's making. I, I, the chess he's playing is like he's, he's going to talk to Trump and Biden and whoever else and say, if you get us this raise, I will deliver you the White House. That's the chess he's playing, not the bullshit with the CEOs. He's he's looking at this at a much higher level to me. Yeah, well, the bullshit with the CEOs is is all it's the narrative. That is truth that Biden's been talking about with Bidenomics this entire time. The thing is, does he have the balls to actually back up what Sean Fain is saying? Because he legitimately is behind the people. So we'll, we'll see. Love it. Well, speaking of CEOs, Chad, 
an article in Harvard Business Review, or HBR as the kids call it, entitled, quote, The Myth of the CEO is Ultimate Decision Maker, end quote, got our attention this week. Its author argued a common misperception about the CEO's role is that they are the ultimate decision maker and that the prize of getting this coveted position is that you now get to make all the decisions. In reality, the CEO's role is much more about shaping rather than making decisions. This approach empowers teams and fosters agility ultimately driving organizational success. Business Insider highlighted the fact that the CEO of Polish drinks company Dictador is an AI-powered humanoid robot named Mika. And they're not the first company to make a bot its CEO. Last year, a Chinese gaming firm appointed an AI-powered virtual humanoid robot named Tang Yu as its chief executive, <laughs> Chad Help help us make sense of this of this issue. Tang Yu. Uh, so uh, the AI boss named Mika told Reuters that it didn't have weekends and it was always on 24-7. Uh, Mika helps to spot potential clients and selects artists to design the rum producer's bottle. So I, here's the thing. We just talked about these individuals who are uh, making a shit ton of cash, right? And to be quite frank, you could probably get rid of one of these CEOs. You'd take Mary Barra out for about three months, six months, or what have you. Would you even know she was gone? I doubt it. You take the 650 people she rep- her salary represents off the line. Oh, you're going to notice that shit, right? So why not? Just start infusing AI into the decision-making co-pilot of uh, of these companies. I mean, it's funny. We just had we just talked about Eightfold has co-CEOs. Fuck that shit, right? Have a fractional CEO with a AI co-pilot along with it. Half the half the salary on that shit and roll with it, right? I mean, it's just like this is where we should be starting. We should be starting at the CEO side and you've got the QAQC of a fractional person that's there. That's awesome. But we don't need to be paying these crazy fucking comp packages to these assholes in the ivory tower. That escalated quickly. Yeah, I'm I'm remembering an interview with Steve Jobs many years ago where they asked him sort of the CEO position and how stressful it is and hard. And he had a great answer. Like, I have the easiest job in the company uh, in that. I just make sure everyone is is on task, doing what they're supposed to do. Now, he obviously helps create the vision of the company, and he was a visionary, which, let's be honest, most CEOs don't have the visionary thing. They're more managers and, uh, you know, Harvard MBAs just sort of, you know, filling a seat and making the shareholders uh, feel better. But Steve Jobs basically said, look, I touch base with my my leadership. I touch base with the the foot soldiers and make sure that, you know, things are going where they need to go. But once I set the ship on course, like it goes once I once I get the plane up, like it's autopilot to where it needs to go. I think we put way too much emphasis on CEOs, not only for their decision making power, but their their, I guess, storytelling and the mythology. We spend way too much time on the idolatry of innovators. And this these people must be smarter than us because they invented, you know, Facebook or Instagram, well, picture app. They must be a genius. So I agree. I, I, Co-CEOs is stupid. Like you got to go all in, right? Like what's this co-shit? Just the tip. I don't understand that at all. Uh, look, 
it's like a married no. couple running a company. Like that's just going to be just be a bad idea. So I love this thing. <laughs> these startups with AI CEOs. I mean, and look, how many founders do we know that aren't CEOs? They're not managers. They can't like, you know, function. Why not hand it to a, 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 a bot? Why not hand it to AI? Like, okay, I made this company. Now what do I do? Okay. Let's hire people. Here's the structure. Like, why not give it to give it to a, a an AI? I'm all for it. And yeah. the money you save yeah. from it, shit. Why not? Just imagine the amount of uh, country club expense costs that you don't have to spend. You know, with an AI. We'll be right back. Oh yeah, cue one of my favorite favorite sound bites, Chad. You know the one. I poppy. All right, OnlyFans is in the news again. A platform initially known for adult content has experienced staggering revenue growth. Some of the numbers are out, surging nearly 2,000% in three years to reach $5.5 billion in 2022 alone. Shockingly, the U.S. is its larger markets. Where have all the Puritans in America gone, Chad? What is your take on the crazy growth of OnlyFans? Well, I, th- I think you said it earlier, the Puritans like uh, uh, Bobert. Right. That that's that's who that that's who they really are. Right. And she probably I don't know this for sure, but she probably has an, an OnlyFans channel out there somewhere. Uh, this to me, again, this is pretty amazing. I'd like to see the distribution of uh, gross revenue versus what their their um their accounts actually uh, make, right? So to be able to actually split that out and see like the the top, let's say for instance, 10 accounts of that 55 billion or top 100 accounts of that 55 billion, how much is being made in this creator economy? Because that's exactly what it is. So this is, this is again, providing, I think a very safe environment for many people who were sex workers and maybe are, maybe this is a supplement uh, to be able to move away from the actual physical and do something that's a hell of a lot more safe. Uh, I would love to be able to see the breakdowns. We've heard from many through different articles and in different publications that individuals are making $8,000, $30,000 a month through these channels, these these OnlyFans channels. So I'm not surprised. And uh, when you have a population like the United States, which is current Puritan and religious, these are the, the, the ball gag moments that they just love. What are you doing, Stepro? <laughs> okay, so today the platform has 210 million registered users and more than 2.1 million content creators. That's a lot. Yeah. Uh, this massive user base continues driving impressive revenue growth uh, for the the company that's in the UK. I wonder where they sit as far as the chat. Our intro featured Republican Congresswoman Lauren Boebert and a, <laughs> and a story on OutKick uh, declared she could make over six million dollars a year conservatively on the platform. She currently makes one hundred seventy five thousand dollars in Congress. Republicans love Elon. So why isn't Elon taking on OnlyFans? And I say that you can start that initiative with getting Lauren Boebert on the platform on Twitter as they take on OnlyFans. <laughs> now that, Chad, is a subscription model that we can all get behind. We out. We out. Wow. Look at you. You made it through an entire episode of the Chad and Chase podcast. Or maybe you cheated and fast forwarded to the end. Either way... There's no doubt you wish you had that time back. 
valuable time you could have used to buy a nutritious meal at Taco Bell, enjoy a pour of your favorite whiskey, or just watch big booty Latinas and bug fights on TikTok. No, you hung out with these two chuggleheads instead. Now go take a shower and wash off all the guilt. But save some soap, because you'll be back. Like an awful train wreck, you can't look away. And like Chad's favorite western, you can't quit them either. We out. <laughs>